We're moving right along. We have another local priest with us, local-ish. Uh, we have Father James Mason on with us this morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back in South Dakota. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We just uh, finished directing the 30-day silent retreat oh, for the 14th year at Broomtree. Okay. So that was the month of July. Had uh, five directees, and then uh, we're doing admissions right now. We just finished our last admissions at uh, Kenrick Lennon Seminary in uh, St. Louis. We'll be having... I think 43 men enter this wow. year. There'll be a, about 145 uh, seminarians. So it's the largest in probably about 40 years. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. So how long have you been yeah. down in St. Louis? Uh, five years. Uh, so I'm beginning my sixth. Uh, this is my fifth year as president rector. I did mm-hmm. one year as dean of seminarians and director of spiritual formation. Okay. And so then how did you end up being a, a diocesan, Sioux Falls diocesan priest, and now stolen away to St. Louis. How did that happen? Uh, you know, I could probably go back almost 30 years. Uh, when I was a third-year law student, I rented a basement where I was from an auxiliary bishop named Robert Carlson. And so we developed a friendship, and uh, then I was, a, uh, you know, I was a practicing attorney in Minneapolis, a prosecutor, and then he hired me to move to Sioux Falls to be director of Catholic Charities, legal counsel, and um, lobbyist. So through that relationship, um, I guess being a rector president it takes some particular skills. Mm-hmm. So he asked uh, Bishop Swain if Bishop Swain would loan me yeah. to St. Louis in order to fulfill that job. So are you, do you have any prospects on coming back home? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Inquiry minds want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's year to year. Um, and uh, so it'll be uh, Archbishop Carlson's, but then uh, Bishop Swain's successor. He, he's, he's generously said, you know, that this year uh, I'll, I'll remain. And then when we are, uh, have a new bishop named, it will be up to them. Right. So it would be, it, it could be a year, it could be two years. I don't right, know. Right. Well, we've missed having you around Thank here. Thank you. Thank you. I miss <laughs> South Dakota. I, you know, I definitely missed parish life. That was one of the hardest things to do is to leave parish life. Yeah. Yeah. And you left a great parish. I Your did. last parish, St. Lambert's, was just a fabulous parish. Thank but you. You're actually one of the speakers today at the Faith and Business Conference, which I'm, I can't wait to hear your talk. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be talking about. Well, it's virtuous leadership. It's um, how to be a leader with Christian virtues. There's a book by Alexander Havard, and it puts forward some of your basic, uh, you know, virtues. I, I start with humility. I move into prudence, magnanimity. I move into courage, and, and just, and then I end with the hidden years uh, of Jesus and going back to Nazareth. That the God made man, you know, 33 years, but 30 of them were hidden doing ordinary things with extraordinary love and so mm-hmm. when we're speaking on something like this it is meant for all of us at in the home and in the workforce just as jesus was with joseph in the workforce there there's a call to live a virtuous life you know and going back to aristotle you know so what is a virtue is just a, a way of behaving that is conducive to happiness in life and not happiness as pleasure but in fulfillment that your telios your end your purpose and a vice is ways of behaving that is least conducive and so what we want to do is the most conducive way to fulfill us being made in the image of god yeah. mm, wow you, you know father you, you mentioned the, uh, the the virtues uh you mentioned humility mm-hmm. and uh we were interviewing uh, uh one of our guests last week on the live show was uh my friend paul steffes uh Steffes, uh corporation in, in dickinson north dakota and he was explaining how he added uh, another core value to his mission statement, which is humility, and how important that is, he said, 
that uh, uh, everybody has ideas and uh, we should do it this way, but we need to do that in a uh, with humility and being open to what others uh, are, are saying and that sort of thing. Yeah, and understanding, like in the structure of the virtues, you know, you have the, the, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, and then you have the cardinal virtues of prudence and justice and temperance <laughs> and fortitude. Justice is giving another their due. Under justice, you have religion, which is giving God his due. And under religion, you have humility. So the first part of humility is the attitude uh-huh. that you have of being a creature, not creator. Mm. And we are completely dependent upon, we are also beloved sons and daughters, but that's through that attitude of understanding. And then humility goes to how I, we treat one another, being made in God's image as brothers and sisters of Christ, as beloved sons and daughters. So it's this right ordering, right? St. Augustine said, uh, safeguard order, and order will safeguard you. And so for that mm. wise businessman that you were speaking of, humility is the basis of this order, because it's my attitude of, you know, Jesus means Yahweh saves. I need a savior. And I begin every day with that. And so if that's rightly ordered, and then how I treat the other being made in God's image. So it's a foundational virtue there. Yes. Wow. Well, and then some of the notes that we received about what you're going to be talking about, there was a line in there that I wanted you to dive in deeper because I didn't understand it. Soul versus virtue. Yeah, so that would have probably been, uh, you know, with our souls, I think they, there's a distinction here that's made between the spiritual life and the virtue is often seen the life of actions, but really, there's really an integration. And I think that's sometimes why people think, well, how can we have a Christus, Christian business or faith in action group here? Because they're two separate things. They're not one. So the soul is, is our spiritual life, the grace of God, but it's integrated into our daily life. And so mm-hmm. when I end, I end with the importance of prayer and the importance of prayer in your business life, and the importance of, you know, I have my Gethsemane prayer every morning, and that's when I'm slightly beating my forehead on the pew in front of me, and I'm saying, (laughs) Father, take this cup from my lips, but not my will, but your will be done. Every business person needs to be able to, that's part of your soul, your prayer life, but they need to bring that prayer in what's going on at work into their daily prayer, their Gethsemane prayer, and with their family, and things like that. And it's integrated then, just like your examine as you go through the end of the day. I'll speak about that throughout the day, Christ with me. And when was it just me alone? You know, as I walk down the hall, am mm-hmm. I walking with Christ or is it just me alone? So the soul and virtue are combined together. They're, they're one. Right. And, and too often we, we kind of we, we divide them. Mm-hmm. And this is my prayer life over here. And I'll take care of that. And then now I'm at work. Right. That's, not, that's not livable. That's not human. Right. So for somebody that is new to bringing their faith into their workspace, how do, how do you suggest they start to By bring God in? You know, Good quiet question. prayer, yeah. The first of all is you don't have to hang a crucifix from your you know, cubicle. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. It's going to be in, in the quiet prayer. Remember the law of attraction is this. It's, it's St. Francis of Assisi with this would be curiosity, admiration, mm-hmm. imitation. If you are a man or woman of prayer and every morning you're giving 10, 15 minutes, a half hour to prayer, your disposition will be markedly different than other coworkers. And things will be happening and you'll still have peace, holy indifference, as St. Ignatius would call it. So you want, it first comes through lived witness and then invitation. So not being afraid, because I think the enemy works in that type of fear. I can't say anything, I do it. But you, you, 
it will naturally come. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Call on the Holy Spirit to guide you throughout the day. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that, that is a, a very good explanation on how uh, you bring faith to business. It starts with a personal prayer each morning, and that will give you the peace and th- welcome the Holy Spirit to work within you. And there is there, uh, there has to be a certain osmosis that goes on when you appear on the, on the work scene. When you see the saints, you know, they would say when they saw St. John Paul II or St. Teresa of Calcutta, the similar word would be used, light. He is light. Ah. She is light. And we're growing in that and, and then praying upon the Holy Spirit, not putting it on my shoulders, I have to do something. But then the next thing will be invitation, right? But, but the first step is evangelization, my own evangelization in Christ, and then catechesis, and then allowing this, to, the good is diffusive. If it's good, it has to be shared. But it's shared in a natural way, not in a pressure-filled way. Right. And that's the difference. I think people put, I have to do this, I have to do this, instead right. of saying, you know, Lord Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care uh, of everything. Yeah, right? yeah. The surrender prayer and say, you, you're in charge. Yeah. I think that, that, that note right there, as uh, I, I think business uh, people, I think employees that just heard you say that are breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> That's how I do it. Right. I never thought about that. It's so simple. Yeah. You, you spend some time in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and work through you and uh, just be that example. Some of the last words to St. Margaret Mary Aliquay from Jesus were, let me do it. Mm. <laughs> Amen. So that's what he that's says. True. Jesus says to us. Yeah. But we just have to invite him in. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Constantly. We have to be present and mm-hmm. waiting. Well, and I think we're surprised at how many opportunities arise when you do go into that space of, okay, God, I'm going to follow your nudges. Right. You know, you have to pay attention to them and they're there. You know, and I've had countless experiences of just talking with someone and then they're like, oh, and then it dives into this big Catholic discussion, and right. you're like, I don't know how we ended up over here, but God had his way of doing it. And that's when you pray at the end of the day, when you pray your examine, mm-hmm. and you walk through your day, then you recall those workings of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you know, that wasn't me, you say, and then you move towards gratitude, and you live then a life of becoming more and more aware of the work. That's why the examine is so important, because it's about an awareness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then a more dependency. And then as I'm walking down the hall, come Holy Spirit. As I'm talking to the person, I'm also called upon the Holy Spirit for a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Right, right. For those of you that are just tuning in, we're broadcasting live from the Faith and Business Conference. Uh, We're talking with Father James Mason, who is one of the speakers today at this conference. And we're just kind of... uh, We've hit a lot of different subjects. Uh, We only have a couple minutes left. Any last thoughts on faith and business that you would like to impart with the listeners? You know, uh, one of the things hit me, I was reading um, uh, Dr. Mary Healy's book on the basically gifts of the Holy Spirit. And and she said, you know, in chapter four of the Acts of the Apostles, four, three times the apostles asked for the release of the Holy Spirit and the gift of not knowledge or healing or prophecy, but they asked for the gift of boldness. Mm. So understanding Mm. that that gift, ask for the gift of boldness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Once again, I, it's not putting pressure on me. I have to do this. It's not looking over my shoulder what I do, but I'm just saying, Lord, you know, you provide, but, but give me the gift of boldness to witness to the faith of Jesus Christ and the, and the love of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. 
beautiful. Well, this is what I'm taking away from this, Father. Thank you for sharing. Is that, uh, you know, the need for consistent prayer. Amen. That morning prayer, that evening prayer. And uh, so thank you for sharing this. And thank you for joining us, coming back home to... uh, to join us here at the at the Faith and Business Conference. Thanks for having me. God bless. Right. Thank and God you, bless Father. you, Father.